Welcome to the Ozark United Methodist Church podcast series for Thursday, March the 19th. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today, I have got Brad Tummins and Jacob Schneider. And if it sounds a little echoey in here, we are in the great room. We're uh, testing out the equipment for this Sunday, um, which we will talk about later. But first, this week, we are digging a little deeper into Pastor Jacob Schneider's sermon from last Sunday as we reflect on our Lenten sermon series, Redemption. Before we begin, who would like to lead us in a moment of prayer? Hey, all right. Let's pray. (laughs) God, we give you thanks. Uh, We give you thanks in all things and all times. God, in this time, uh, as we experience just uh, some turmoil in our midst, we pray that you would pour out your peace, uh, that you would pour out your wisdom, uh, that we would know how to respond and to be your presence in the midst of this situation. I also pray, God, that you would keep us connected, and I pray that you would use this time uh, to help keep us connected and keep us uh, uh, just mindful of each other and um, our needs. Uh, But God, speak to us here in this place. Uh, Help us to grow in our knowledge and love of you. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So talking about the sermon from last Sunday, The Rescue, where Abraham has to rescue Lot, who has been captured by the four kings that defeated the five kings, whose names we will leave out well, yeah. conveniently <laughs> in this, uh, we'll avoid this, this podcast. So I looked I looked at my notes. This <laughs> uh-huh. is kind of where I focused at. I, I kind of tried to break them down. I broke them down into A team and the B team. Okay, very good. So that's kind of JV and varsity? Is yeah, okay. pretty much. All right. So that's, that's kind of how I away. referred to them. <laughs> the A team and the B team. So... Yeah, so I was just thinking and working through, because I got my little timeline here on my cheat sheet of all the stuff. And so it really, you know, the first couple of things, besides watching Pastor Jacob kind of muddle through all the names, <laughs> which which in and of itself was entertaining. Was entertaining. Can I say, as I was trying to run the slides, I'm just trying to guess which name you're on at the time, because you're kind of muddling and I'm kind of just reading over them. So it's like, okay, I'm like, we really. When he says this word, we're caught up. (laughs) We really broke out some tough names. I mean, there were no no begotting in any of this, but there was (laughs) a lot of tough names. But so if you, I kind of just started with kind of recapping the the timeline, right? So you got the A team, which is the four or they're the five kings, right? Um, The home team. The home team. Yes. And then you had the B team, um, which had like some of the notables, the Sodom and Gomorrah folks and, and some of that type of thing. And mm-hmm. so A-team comes in, they start attacking. B-team goes to the Sidium Valley to kind of get ready, kind of set up their defensive defensive perimeter, if you will. B-team gets in some problems, and they run, and two of them, Sodom and Gomorrah, the kings of those guys, fall in tar pits. I guess that was something that was common. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things growing up, you expect the tar pits and quicksand to be more common than it really is, but here we are in the Bible, we're reading about them, so maybe in that area it was more common than we expect. And so, A-Team gets Lot, steal, I mean, captures him, his family, his possessions, all that stuff. One guy gets away, right, to right. go talk with Abraham, go ask him for help. And I guess this is probably where it kind of first throws me, right? So he gets together his household which was like 315 18, 18, 18 guys, right? And they're able to go in and route these armies and steal back Lot. And I'm like, first, they must be some pretty awesome warriors, I guess, because there's 318 of them versus the A-team, which obviously is pretty good. 
Well, and we don't get an accurate description of what's going on. My guess is that the group from the A-team that has to corral the stragglers because they've captured what are going to be slaves. So these people are not used to marching. It's women and children and men and everything, the elderly, everything. So my in my head, the way I see it playing out is there's the A-team who's pressing on, trying to get back home for the set, for the victory lap. And then there's the stragglers, that, that probably the, the guys that got, like, you know, the worst duty that had to go and uh, <laughs> you corral everything that we took and bring them in. So I'm guessing the 318 probably still, I mean, they were still facing, you know, a, a trained army, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that by the time they attacked at night, the uh, the A team that they attacked were probably um, pretty worn out. I'm just gonna have to keep envisioning the A team being really awesome and then ahead, getting getting beat up. I mean, getting routed. Go for it. So we don't. Hey, you know what? Your your example, your the way you see it is just as valid as the way I see exactly. it. Exactly. We don't just know. as valid. Absolutely. And so then they get back lot. Right. right, which kind of leads us into the whole, uh, the whole uh, parallel or, or discussion on redemption, right? Right. So, and this is not the Abraham and Lot story. That's like the the one you typically would go to first. The one that everybody, if you're talking about Abraham and Lot, you're thinking, okay, well, we're talking, you know, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But this is this isn't the one you normally would go to. It's not the obvious one, but it's the one that I think most clearly illustrates the theme of the sermon series, which is the length that the responsible party, the patriarch, will go to what they're willing mm-hmm. to put on the line in order to get back one of their own. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, as I tried to emphasize in the sermon, this was a, you know, this is a cultural story. This isn't right. a specifically, you know, Jewish story or Israelite story. Um, any patriarch at that time would have been responsible in the same way. Uh, so it, it, I think it's fascinating how the biblical writers, specifically the Old Testament writers, took that. And just that that's how they talked about God. They used this language uh, to communicate who God truly was. So. And to your point, like I said, it's it's it expands, it goes beyond the boundaries of any particular culture. And we see a lot of the Old Testament. There are a lot of stories that do the same. You know, we the flood story is occurs across that region, across the Middle East, you know, the ancient Near East, a whole lot. Yeah. So it's it, it and even just like you brought up in the sermon series throughout the, every week. You know, the idea of redemption is something that was specific to that culture that would have that would have transcended the boundaries of, you know, it's not just a mm-hmm. a Hebrew thing or it's not just a you know whatever. It's you know, it's the story being told in the terms that the people who were hearing it at that time would most easily understand and identify with it, I think. Any other thoughts on the sermon? It, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean it, it is it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, the thing that the thing that I, uh, I mean, trying to start tying things together, right? When you start thinking about the past sermon series and the different views of redemption that we've seen, you know, even if I just think back between last week and the and the week before. Oh, <laughs> All right, that, that was my phone. Sorry, I should have put that <laughs> on silent. Um, but starting to try to think back and, and draw the parallels, even between the prodigal father. Um, that uh, Pastor David talked about, and then what we saw, I mean, what uh, Jacob had talked about. You know, you're seeing that father doing something that, or that patriarch doing something that was both expected and yet unexpected, right? 
So, you know, we, we just talked about how expected the patriarch would have been to take care of uh, the folks he was responsible for, you know, in the, I mean, in the story of Lot and Abraham. Then you would expect people are in that the prodigal prodigal father story you're expecting the the father to disown and yet he does something unexpected right and so even i mean i think that speaks a lot to the the uh both the um intricacies and and de- I mean intricacies of redemption in and of itself um but also how you know kind of that multifaceted view of how God works in that redemptive in, in redemptive acts like that. So. Yeah, because I again the Hebrew people were expecting a Messiah, and yet what they got was completely unexpected. So yeah, it it is again another a similar theme of redemption is yes, redemption is coming, but maybe not in the way you expected mm-hmm. it. And I, I I like to see it, and I don't know if it was intended this way, but I, I think just throughout history, the history of God's people, it is a progression as well of like the the extent of that redemption as we trace it even you know from abraham and the covenant made um you know clear through david and then the new covenant mm-hmm. uh, the extent of uh the nature of god's redemption is is just just continually progresses until we get to christ and we get the ultimate expression the fullness of god revealed in christ and you know, I, I think it's fascinating to to trace that. Absolutely. Any other thoughts on the sermon, on the, the sermon series as a whole? How's your Lenten going? I know it's been a weird Lenten season for all of us. It maybe has been. Giving up things maybe we hadn't expected or planned to give yeah, up. Or... Well, and I, I think that that's one good thing we can pull away from this. Like, I cannot wait to celebrate Easter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, whether we celebrate it on Easter Sunday or we celebrate it later, um, this really does feel in more ways than just... <laughs> like 40 church. days in the wilderness. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like the wilderness. We are plodding through. And, I mean, it just points to our our need for each other, for mm-hmm. God's grace and mercy to just pervade this the community and everyone's lives. So, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to just, you know soak in what we have in this season and you know when easter comes holy cow that's (laughs) gonna be one heck of a celebration so well you know from my lenten experience i really tried to spend more time this mean this year instead of giving a bunch of stuff up is to add things Mm -hmm. specifically around spending time in in the bible doing devotionals and stuff like that um, and I noticed that especially I had those noble intentions right at the beginning, then God turned everything upside down with <laughs> all of the stuff that's going on right now. I mean, just in the United States, across the world with the pandemic. And at the same time, he's opening another or a different door. You know, yeah, should I get back in and, and do, you know, do my my Bible study, the things that I had planned on doing? Sure. But he's also opening doors for us both individually and as a community to take maybe a different path through through the through the Lenten season and what it means in terms of, uh, of impact on us and impact on other people. Yeah, I would echo that as well. I too had the greatest of intentions going into it and it was really good for a while there. I was digging in deep and I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, unexpected, it's time to, okay, 
you've had your chance to read. Now it's time to actually put things into practice in ways that you hadn't anticipated, yep. in ways that are sometimes uncomfortable, in ways that you didn't plan for. But here it is. Now this is where the, the rubber meets the road. And what does everything that you've been studying and been working towards and practicing, what does it mean yep. now? Right. And I, you know, I think about redemption because I've been talking about, you know, David and how do we live this redemption out? You know, I, I think a lot of times we think about redemption as something that happens to us, um, and that something that God does, which it certainly is, is the restoration of that relationship. But then it's, it's also the restoration of everything. Uh, and so how do we, as followers of Jesus, live that out? Um, so we see a situation like we're encountering right now. Um, what is... You know, what's God's intent with with this? I, mm-hmm. I think God's intent is to redeem even this situation. Um, so how can we join in on that? Um, so to go that direction, we'll just kind of nudge ourselves on down that road. If Yeah, if, absolutely. If that works. Well, let us know your thoughts, your questions, the way that God is moving through you, in you, as it relates to whether it's redemption, the Lenten season, where we're at now. You can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at OzarkUMC, or you can send us your emails, podcast at OzarkUMC.org. Now we want to shift gears, like you're saying, and talk a little bit about where we are as a church, as a community. Um, You know, as most people listening, I'm sure, are aware, um, many events, gathering, schools, universities, even some churches are suspending live activities for a time. Um, Talk to us a little bit about what we are doing here. And then once we've talked about what we're going to do, so folks are prepared and informed, if we can, if we have the time, I'd like to take a minute just to kind of walk through the process. Anytime there has to be a decision made about changing things from what's normal, whether it's a snow day, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a pandemic, whatever the case might be. Um, talk maybe a little bit about for those, you know, just as an educational piece, how those, what's the process for making that decision, um, communicating the decision, trying to remain connected in, you know, once something like a suspension of services or whatever has been made. So my approach to this, the the whole way has been really to just play it by ear you right. know, and trust in the experts, the authorities and all of that. So I've been paying paying attention to the CDC and what they've been saying, as we all have. Um, so I, you know, came to the conclusion that it's just the wise, the prudent thing to do, to uh, you know, given what we know about this disease and the spread of it, uh, it's just the right thing to do to suspend services for a time, suspend activities here at the church for a time. Um, so. Uh, as far as the process for that, I've been in, in conversation with the leadership at the church, the church leadership. Um, and so as we progress, have progressed and progressed through this, uh, we'll continue to be in conversation about those things. Um, and then ultimately, uh, I make the call as, as far as, you know, the cancellation of services like this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean... And again, it changes day by day. So we just need to keep up on all of our communication outlets. And, you know, uh, 
a message just came out today from the bishop of uh, the Missouri Conference encouraging, strongly encouraging churches, one, to cancel services and to cancel services through Easter. So he was including, I think, eight weeks in that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's something we're going to have to monitor and yeah, weigh. We're, and... Right. We'll be in conversation about that. But as, as we kind of talked about earlier, you know, this is an opportunity uh, for us to be kind of pulled out of our routines, pulled out of the ruts that we can get in mm-hmm. as a church. We all know that we can, you know, get in those ruts. No, but... no, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. Brad, were you sitting in my seat last Sunday? I know. <laughs> but I never I, forgive you, Joey. <laughs> what an amazing opportunity for us to be creative with how we do church, how we think about Absolutely. ourselves as the church. Uh, right, we can't we can't be physically connected like we're used to. Uh, there's a loss there. We acknowledge that. It's it's. I I regret not being able to meet with, um, with you all. Uh, but there are other ways that we can remain connected, and there are other ways that we can be the church to other people mm-hmm. uh, during this time. So, I'd, churches, yeah. yeah, the church is more than just a building. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and again, Lent is meant to be disruptive. Yeah. If we're doing Lent correctly, yeah. this time of year should be a disruption. I mean, it's not normal time in the church calendar. This right. should be a disruptive time. Is this the disruption we wanted? No. <laughs> is no. It? But at the same time, yes, this is this will shake us out of our routines, whatever yep. those routines have been. Um, it, we may come out of this with a new normal as well. I mean, there may be things that on the back end that are decided like, well, you know what, maybe this is the approach we need to take going forward. We wouldn't have had our eyes open to that possibility um, had it not been for that disruption. So yeah, it's, it's all in how you approach it at this point. You know, everyone should remain cautious. Everyone should remain vigilant um, and everyone should approach it in a way that's healthy and, you know, reflects positively on themselves and on their families and on the church. And yes, this there's there are multiple ways to handle this. Um, mm-hmm. There is really kind of one way <laughs> that we should be handling it, to be honest. Right. Um, so then for this week, um, and, and I, I think it, I should go ahead, should, is it for the next two weeks, correct? For we are next certainly the next two sure. weeks. Okay. Right. So certainly for the next two weeks, what we're going to do um, is we will have a version of a worship service. Um, it may be, it will be stripped down and pared down. It will be kind of the unplugged version of the worship service, but we will, it will be taking place. We will be recording that in an empty room. So again, the acoustics are a little off. It's not what you're used to. If you don't hear clapping, you know, that's why it's an empty room as, as encouraged as directed. Um, but that will be recorded. We will be posting the video of that service to the website, the church website, ozarkumc.org, and it will be posted on our social media accounts again as well. So if you are on Facebook and you're not already, be sure to follow Ozark UMC on Facebook, on Twitter as well, um, or you, again, you can just go to the website, ozarkumc.org. Um, there'll be multiple different ways, and of course, I'm sure that folks listening will be happy to share those as they see them on the Facebook page and stuff, so folks can Definitely. check those out. Yeah. If you're in a situation where you're like, well, that sounds great, but... I don't do the Facebook. I don't do the website. I don't know how to do that. I'm not sure what, what you mean. Um, or you know someone who is like that. I'm, I'm guessing if you're listening to the podcast, you probably 
Probably your way around a little bit. I technically savvy. But if you know someone in the congregation or or just someone whose church also is in a similar situation and they maybe don't have the means to throw something together like this, um, let us know. Again, you can hit us up on social media. You can email podcast at ozarkumc.org, and we will figure out a way, do our best to try to meet the needs of folks where they are um, so that everyone can, that wants to, can still um, participate in services that way, even though they can't necessarily do them in person. Yep. That's great. And, and I, I would, again, encourage you to just keep your eyes and ears open to the various communication uh, streams about following weeks. And we're, like I said, we're playing that by ear at this point. Uh, but another element to all of this, uh, we've talked about being connected, staying connected when we aren't physically together. Uh, we are trying to establish a way for us to do just that. I know there are folks in our community and our congregation who are in those more vulnerable categories who don't need to be interacting with people at Mm -hmm. all, who need to be staying home. Um, So we're setting up a a system that we can reach out and connect with those folks. And the the goal is to be able to provide for any needs as well. So uh, uh, Pastor David Bell, he and the care team, along with some of the connect team uh, and others, are will be reaching out to uh, those in our congregation, uh, mainly to check in from time to time, but also to identify those needs. And then we've we've got a team of folks who will be able to respond to those needs, whether it's going to the grocery store, <clears throat> pick, picking up medication. I was going to say picking up medication is probably a big one for yeah. a lot of folks. So um, if you know of anyone who's in that place who may need that, um, let us know. Uh, Let us know. And we're working on setting up a specific email that will be a single line of of communication. Uh, It'll be care at ozarkumc.org. So that'll be the main line. You can also call the church. Uh, We're here in our normal office hours as well. Um, But yeah, I, I... Along with that, I think it's important for our groups here, mm-hmm. community groups, Sunday school classes. Uh, we're encouraging leaders of those groups to kind of start a phone tree and mm-hmm. connect with your folks. Just just stay connected with one another. I mean, uh, there, there are opportunities to provide for one another, help each other out. Yep. <laughs> I, surely somebody's going to run out of toilet paper in our community. <laughs> uh, so. No. Oh, that's a little too close to home right now. I think everybody's got three years worth supplied. Probably in something like that. <laughs> Somebody does, I'm sure, in the congregation. But I won't I, mention I, any names. I think that's the best way to, to, to go about this is to just uh, keep talking to each other, keep checking in on each other, and uh, – just ask, ask what do you need? Yep. And then if you can't, you know, address that need, let us know. Somebody else can. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think it's a, it's a weird week. It's a weird situation. It's weird for us to be sitting here <laughs> again yes. uh, in it's the great room with, with the echoes bouncing off the wall and us trying to maintain our distance from one another and social it's, distancing. It's man. it's an odd situation. Um, but I think I think I read it in the newsletter. Um, God is in the situation with us, so Absolutely. just stay vigilant, stay calm, stay aware, be smart. You know, God gave us the gifts of being able to discern, you know, wisdom and 
you know, just just hang in there. You know, this this too will pass. Maybe not as soon as we would like, but that's why the church is here for times like this when you need someone mm-hmm. um, to and, rely on. And I would I would just add, try and try and enjoy the the opportunity <laughs> to you know try something different. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it's a a great opportunity for us to be the church. So it is, it absolutely is. It's also an opportunity for some folks, such as myself, to slow down a little bit yeah. with some of the stuff we've got going on, and maybe. Yeah spend a little bit more time with family too. And of yeah. course I say this and in two <laughs> weeks, everyone will be at, at each other's throat. Right. But, but no, I can, yeah. To your point, I can't count the number of times I thought, man, if only we didn't have 30 things going on this week with, you know, three different kids having to be at three different schools or in three different cities across three different counties at some situation. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? You don't have that now. So enjoy the time that you're stuck together because, um, eventually this will pass and our lives will, get back to something close to normal and all of that will pick back up at some point. Well, join us online this Sunday. We are aiming to have all of that available at 10 a.m. This week's service, again, it'll be on the Facebook page. We'll post links to that on the Twitter account. Um, And of course, at OzarkUMC.org, right there on the front page, we should have that service up uh, at 10 o'clock Sunday. That's what we're shooting for. It all, you know. (laughs) It'll come together. The best laid plans. Oh, it'll come together. Don't worry. Uh, the video, again, will be available, so if you have issues with that, if you can't hear something, if the the lighting wasn't right, whatever, we are asking uh, that you extend us a little bit of extra grace as we kind of figure this thing out, um, but we will effort to get that to you again on Sunday. That's the plan, Sunday at 10 a.m. That should all be available, so gather as a family as you normally would on Sunday, uh, and this time gather around the TV or the computer. And but this time you can come to church in your PJs. That's right. How many times have you thought, man, if we could just sleep past that first service, well, now you can sleep in, you can have your coffee, your own personal coffee, not church coffee. <laughs> you could you could be in your PJs. You don't even have to get your makeup and your hair. You don't, I don't have to shave. Um, you can just, you could just take it in from home uh, and enjoy it that way. So for Brad, for Jacob, I've been Joey Mills. May the peace of Christ be with you the rest of this Lenten season.